0: Welcome to Design Much with Andy and
1: Patrick.
0: How is your afternoon going, Andy? It's going pretty good, Patrick. It's going pretty good, especially now that what is, I'm looking at you.
1: Oh, it's, it's beautiful, huh? When we get to see each other over the uh, internet it again. It is beautiful, yeah. Um, what what is what is currently you? You have a desk at your home there, mm-hmm. I assume. Do you have any snacks at your desk
0: right now? I don't have any snacks at my desk. I have no I have water and some chapstick.
1: Would that be some kind of You don't eat chapstick though, do you? I
0: don't typically eat chapstick, but if I had to <laughs> if I had to, it's maybe something I would reach for. That's just this what I'm saying like right now I don't have any snacks. <laughs>
1: Is that water is that water say a sparkling water with a, a hint of a flavor of some kind that's exactly the same?
0: It is not. Um I have I have some no? downstairs, but right now it's straight up water. Straight up water, Patrick. Is it
1: okay, is it filtered water or is it tap water?
0: Filtered water. Okay. It's actually like um so there's a water store. We have those like those water container things, those big jugs. We have one of those water dispenser machines. And so we get oh, those yeah. filled up filled up and um, so I'm drinking that water, so it's like very much filtered, yeah,
1: so it's very crisp and clean from a from a creek somewhere that's right high up on Mount Olympus
0: yeah, yeah, exactly
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you have a do you have a refrigerator with a water dispenser?
0: um no, so the water dispenser does do hot and cold, so it, it gives us the cold oh, okay. water anyway so.
1: So you don't need the fridge? No. You need the fridge water? No. That's good. That's good. Fridge filters are expensive. We just bought a bunch of them because we were out hmm. for our water, and they're expensive, like 30 bucks a pop.
0: Yeah. Well, can you really put a price on that, though, Patrick?
1: Yeah, like $30 <laughs> thirty a pop. <laughs> 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 I, just, I just told you, Andy. <laughs>
0: I was just testing you to make sure you were listening to what you just said.
1: <laughs> but I've been drinking, see, I've been drinking these mini mini Sprite cans. Mini
0: Sprite cans? That's awesome. Yeah.
1: I showed you, so maybe our audience can somehow see it. I don't know. Um, that's what I got.
0: That's sweet, man. See, I'm Trying
1: to do one a day. The,
0: my water container right now I don't know if you'll recognize this oh nice it's a a canopy cup
1: it's a canopy cup yeah that giant that giant forest one that that's like it's like 10 pounds yeah without anything in it (laughs) yeah
0: well you got to get your workout while you're taking a sip right yeah but yeah shout out to the the canopy marketing team for making these these sweet canopy cups that I got a while ago
1: yeah it's pretty good, man. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good cups. I have mine somewhere. No, I don't have that one. I've got that plastic one that says canopy on it somewhere. I'm looking around. I don't see it anywhere, mm. but it's, it's around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great topic for the podcast, by the way, What's what's on our desks at what's home. What's on your desk,
0: yeah. So, yeah, I don't have any snacks right now. I just wanted to give you my full undivided attention,
1: you know? Yeah. I have chocolate-covered cashews.
0: Hmm, cashews, Because I though? don't
1: want to give you my undivided attention. Yeah, cashews.
0: You should have done almonds, man. Was this
1: going to be a debate?
0: Yeah, the ca- well, almonds cashews are, good, almonds great.
1: are Are you sure about that?
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Cashews are not great.
1: Man, this is going to get, this topic just blew up all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm so offended right now.
0: They're you really don't like not. It.
1: Where, in your rank, what are your top five nuts?
0: Okay, <laughs> top five i can't name that many nuts but... top
1: five top top three
0: <laughs> um, we can't do two but top three do peanuts count as nuts they do right
1: they have nut in the name of them yet. i know
0: i just i don't know um i would say peanuts are my number one i would yeah. say almonds are my number two and that's it man that's it yeah that's it
1: no brazilian no brazil nuts no, no uh no
0: walnuts. <laughs> no way. Don't like walnuts or no cashews. no cashews. No man. No. Ugh. And and for the longest time, it's just been peanuts for me. But I, you know, the last couple of years, almonds have made their way into my my. rear uh... <laughs> <Your> repertoire. <laughs> exactly my repertoire. <laughs> my, your nut, your nut. My repertoire. my bag of nut tricks. Um, almonds Ooh, yeah. almonds have made it in. Um. But yeah, nothing else. I, I just don't like the consistency, the texture. Title of the other notes.
1: title of this episode. <laughs> Andy's bag of metrics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go, I go uh, to to bring back to this topic in a more serious way. I go. I go cashews, then almonds, then peanuts. No, no, no. Cashews, peanuts, then almonds.
0: Wow, really? I and
1: then after that, I don't really care too much.
0: Peanut are like the everyman nut, man. Like you you have that as your number two.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. They every, they're like the blue collar nut. No. Cashews are like the white collar nut. Oh, yeah.
0: really? I figured yeah. almonds are the white collar nut.
1: Cashews are like the LaCroix of water. No, they're not.
0: Almonds yeah. are, dude. Cashews don't have any Everybody eats almonds Patrick, cashews don't have any cachet It's almonds Yes they (laughs) do
1: That's where the word (laughs) Well done (laughs) That's where the word comes from It's Latin for cachet cachet. (laughs) Cashew (laughs) I can't believe you know There's so many people that don't like cashews I don't know why They're so good And then when you put milk chocolate around them
0: well, I mean if you put chocolate around anything you can eat it, right? A cricket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Doesn't matter what it is.
0: <laughs> That's what got me back into almonds, honestly. Like I was I, I was eating those chocolate covered almonds, those ones at Costco, which are amazing. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. these nuts aren't that bad. I'm gonna try one without chocolate. You know, with my adult taste buds now and it worked. Yeah. It was just fine.
1: Done. Do you, do you, one last question before we get into the actual topic? Do you, do you like a salted almond and a salted nut or do you go unsalted?
0: I, I like it salted. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. These crazy, these crazy weirdos eating unsalted nuts, man. I don't know how they do it. Insanity.
0: It is hard to eat an unsalted nut. But a salted You know what's
1: really nut. good about, well, you know what's really good? I think that's the best thing about the chocolate covered almond and the chocolate covered cashew is that you bite into them and your first you, as soon as you bite in you get the you get the chocolate flavor right the sweet chocolatey flavor yeah and then and then and then you you crunch them right a couple of times in your mouth and then all of a sudden you get that zing of salt
0: which is perfect yeah
1: so perfect so perfect
0: you know i think it's sweet and savory sweet and savory it's it's always good to mix the opposites together, Patrick.
1: Mm-hmm. The yin and the yang, if you will.
0: There's there's one that I forgot about though that I do like, which is the pistachio. Yeah. Those are good.
1: Does that count as a nut? Is that a nut?
0: I don't. Isn't it though? Is that like a seed? Is. <laughs> <laughs> this is too difficult, <laughs> but <laughs> is it a nut or a seed? I mean, the pistachio is like know. it's in a shell that you have to take out, right? So. Yeah, I don't know so what classifies a nut.
1: Feels like a nut, yeah. But then, but then, uh, um, a, se- a, a sesame seed? No, no, no. Sunflower seeds are in shells too, but they're seeds. Oh, you're right. Or is a nut a seed? I don't know. And we're just we're just being idiots.
0: <laughs> also, how do you are spell- you googling it right now? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to spell pistachio. Are you spelled pistachio? <laughs> there it is. That is not an obvious spelling for pistachios. <laughs> Yeah,
1: don't try to sound that one out.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) The pistachio is a member of the cashew family. Oh, boy. Interesting.
1: The the greatest nut family of all time. (laughs) They're like the Rockefellers of nuts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The Rockefellers of nuts. So pistachios are nuts sunflower seeds i think are seeds and not nuts
1: so you got your top three i got my top three yeah we vary but we have the same we have the same we both have almond peanut and then we have a member of the greatest nut family of all time (laughs) (laughs) so we we can find common ground right that's what this podcast
0: is all about (laughs) this is
1: yeah this that's how that's how world peace starts (laughs) Yes. finding one one little piece of common ground and then connecting on that and we're connected we're more connected now than i think we ever have been
0: yeah that's true patrick. even
1: though we're not sitting next to each other right now
0: yeah but your face <clears throat> is you know physically about 12 inches away from my face and we both yeah. like the same nuts so we are very close right now patrick
1: technically we're closer than than we would be if we were if we were recording this next to each other
0: yeah exactly
1: yeah, even though we're so far apart,
0: <laughs> technology <laughs> can really bring it close together, right?
1: <laughs> so, uh, what's our what's our topic today, Andy? What's the topic generator? What's the talk machine say?
0: Uh, let's find out what our topic is. Okay, so Patrick, our topic Ooh. today comes from Matt Born. It's gonna be good. Ooh, this is gonna be good. Matt
1: always Matt always brings his A game with these.
0: <laughs> good. So Matt born, he wants to know how much of a design systems worth is in the effective representation of a meaningful puzzle pieces. So product centric versus being disciples, uh, or sorry, disciplines together, (laughs) achieving a shared understanding and providing tools to communicate more effectively. So people centric. So, um,
1: Mm Hmm.
0: That's, that's the the question here. So basically, if, if I understand this, right, uh, we're talking about um, the design system, and is it more effective, if it's product centric, so being just puzzle pieces that are put together? um, Or is it um, allowing people to achieve a shared understanding? um, So be more people centric? So a way to—is it more communicative, or is it a way to representation? Is it more of a representation of um, yeah. pieces put together? If that makes sense, Patrick.
1: Hmm. This is an interesting one. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say it has to be a balance of both. And I know that's a cop
0: out. Yeah, it is. It's totally cheating.
1: <laughs> um. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm racking my brain over. It's hard to know what successful, what a successful, or an effective design system, I th- like, is, what it's used for.
0: Yeah. So let's. Because I think I think
1: its use can change too, right?
0: Definitely, and I, I think it might start out to be a product thing, honestly. Um, so let's, if we, and we've talked about this a little bit before, if we talk about like the life cycle of a company, um, and what a design, how a design system fits into that. Um, when a company starts out and they hire, you know, their their salespeople, their developers, and they, you know, finally get around to hiring a designer because they realize they need a designer, <laughs> um, <laughs> that designer can either take the time to um, to just, you know, start designing things or start designing a system of things um, so that they can reuse those components in the future, um, and I think. I guess what I'm getting at is I think it kind of starts out as a more of a product centric thing. So it starts out as a way for a designer to be able to um, design something that can be reused. So there's consistency across the application. There's consistency across the design. Um, And then I think it might need to evolve into be something more people centric. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you might need to have, as you said, like a little bit of both, like it, it does need to be, um, a way to communicate what what the tools are of the the product Um, but i think it more starts out as like i'm designing a bunch of form fields they are the inputs and they all need to look the same otherwise if i'm a designer i work on one project and i design an input field and then i work on the next project and i design a different input field and it's not the same thing, and users are gonna be confused, um, and the whole um, design doesn't make sense um, from one workflow to the the next. Um, That's inconsistent, and it's weird, and um, it doesn't have a good feel for the users. So they're gonna start out with, I I need to make a bunch of puzzle pieces that I can put together to make a design that works across the entire um, product, right? Um, And then I think when, when you advance on that, um you have to make it a good way to actually communicate to people what what these um, designs are um so basically like this input field needs to look like an input field it needs to function like an input field um and it needs to communicate to users that um yeah this is you're supposed to enter text here you're supposed to do a drop down here or you're supposed to um select a date range or something here so um I think there are some of those things that go together when you're building it for the first time, but I think it might start out uh, as a puzzle piece. What are your thoughts on that, Patrick?
1: Um, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> I'd agree with you on that. I think, um, yeah, I think they all start out as a UI kit on some level, mm-hmm. right? At least at every company I've ever been in, it's like, oh, we need we need some kind of kit so we know what buttons to use. <laughs> And it starts out very um, barely, very, very uh, elemental, right? I mean, it's the whole like atomic design principle. It kind of starts out that way, I think, yeah, and then it and then it evolves that that becomes once you start building more complex systems, right, with more people involved, then it has to start communicating design principles. It has to start like it has to communicate those certain things for. Reasons why, purpose why, all that kind of stuff, and this is why we do this. This is why we made this choice. Um, I think too, it probably depends a lot on the size of your company.
0: <clears throat> okay.
1: Because cause a UI kit is probably not going to be as effective in a company where you've got four hundred developers. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think it has. I think at some point it has to communicate to the engineering team and to your design team and to your product management team, like more than just style. I think it has to dictate how things are architected, how things are built, what, you know, what what accessibility means across the application. Like yeah. it becomes more of a, a communication point that way when I think you have lots more people involved because you hire new developers, they come on board and, you know, they're going to do the same thing that a designer does is they're going to start to create their own thing. If it just, if you're just, if it's just puzzle pieces to put together from a product standpoint, they're going to, they're going to be in there like wondering why, why do we do this? Why can't we use this other thing from a different company? That kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. So
1: I think, I think it's a community. I think it's, I think by need from a, I, I think by need, um, it's a product thing. I think that's why it starts. Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of what you were saying is like, I think, I think if you're a company, you're building a company at some point you go, well, do we need a design system? Do we need a style guy? Do we need something? And the need is because it's from a, it's from a consistency like you brought up. It's from like a, this is our product. We need to keep things consistent standpoint. But then I think, but then I think it quickly morphs into it. It's a, it's more of a communication
0: hub. Yeah. That's great. No, I really like that. So um, and, and that kind of, I think, speaks to what he was talking about, too, in this question. So how does it how does it bring disciplines together and achieving that shared understanding? So, yeah, it's not just like what I was saying, um, communicating to the user, um, but it's also communicating um, across um, organizations and departments and teams in your company. Right. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of how the product works. So that's really interesting. Um, and another piece to his question is um, how much of the design system's worth is one or two of those things, so I think this is something we can explore a little bit more as well. So is it is is the the product centric part um, worth more? Is it, is it more valuable than the the people centric part, the part that that communicates to everybody? Um, we we have mentioned that we we think that it kind of starts um, from product. Um, you know, products, uh, UX specifically does own the design system typically in um, the style guide. Um, but I also understand that developers also have their own style guides in terms of how they are building their components as well, um, which yeah. aren't necessarily um, attached to the, the, the UI, but they have their style guides that do have UI elements as well, right? Um, so yeah, so where's the value there, and is it more in the product side, or, or is it more like the the bringing disciplines together side?
1: I think it's probably. I think the value is in is in bringing people together that way. Yeah, that's my that's what my gut's telling me right now is that's probably where the the real value is. Um, I don't I don't I don't know if the 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 product side of it the purpose of that really is, is that long lasting. I I mean, I can see that, the, like the unity and consistency and having, you know, uh, replicatable replicatable components and things like that Mm -hmm. um, are important, but I, I think you can, you can probably build a product without that and be just fine. Right. Yeah. Like I think, I think you could build a product and minus a design system minus a style guide if all the designers are just looking at the app and building toward the app, like I think you could, I think you could design and build an effective um, product without it. Yeah. But I think at some point the communication of that is where is what is what the design system's supposed to solve, right? Like <clears throat> that's the real problem, right? I I feel like it's kind of like when we do user research, it's like the want is a UI kit. Like if if you're the user. Like the user wants something from the application. But it's not necessarily what they really need, but a lot of times it's it solves like when we build something that they need it solves both the want and the need, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like when your kids say they're hungry and they ask you or they, they come to you and they say, I want candy and you're like, Well do you want candy or you're just hungry? Well I want candy. Well it's because they're hungry. The need is because they're hungry, but they do want candy because it's, you know, better yeah. than, you know, a salad. Or whatever but if you gave them something that was a little bit a little bit of a mix or gave them both things right it would solve both problems i think it's the same thing with the design system it's probably a really poor analogy
0: you want candy but i'm just going to give you unsalted cashews instead
1: yeah yeah with chocolate on them right like with chocolate solves both your problems You get the nut, you get the protein, you get the benefits of that, yeah. and then you get a little bit of chocolate to, to solve that that little candy issue that you've got going on, that sweet tooth, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I would say the UI kit's more of the candy side of that analogy, Ooh. and then the, the nut part is more of the communication side, which I think is what really solves the problem. I also think that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the more difficult part, especially in a legacy app. We have a problem right now where we restyled our application now we're trying to develop a style guide and we're you know working with the front end devs i'm trying to i'm trying to define what the styles are and how we're going to communicate what that is and how interactions are going to go and what our design principles are so that people can make better decisions right so i'm treating it more i'm trying to build a style guide more in the sense of like i want to communicate this is how the product's supposed to behave act feel you know, this is how we're supposed to build it and put it together. Um, <clears throat> and so, but then our front end devs are currently in the midst of building this thing. So they're like, they're like more worried about like, what are the requirements to build a modal, you know, or yeah. what are the requirements to build buttons or what are our color scheme look like or, you know, that kind of thing. And so I'm thinking more, on a, I'm thinking more of a big vision I, this thing has to communicate to people what everything means. And that's, I think that's a difficult – I think that's a much more difficult thing to communicate and to build than, than a UI kit. So I, I feel like – but that is going to solve – that's going to allow them to make their own decisions on a lot of things, right? Yeah. Like if those principles are communicated well, if those things are communicated well, then, then they should be able to make decisions and not have to worry about such a restricted, you know, like, oh, a, a button is only this wide ever. You know, but when I'm designing something, this button is like, it's, it, I got to put it in this weird space that we're designing here and it doesn't make sense to put this button here. So what do I do now? You know, and I think when you're building with a, just a, with a simple UI kit or a simple style guide, it makes it more difficult to make those decisions if it's not communicated properly. Yeah. Right. Cause there's always going to be gray area that you're going to have to decide and if you're using like atomic design was supposed to be something that solves problems for everyone, you know, well you build a, you build an element, then you put two elements together and it builds this organism. And then this organism comes together in a community or whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but um, it doesn't like it. It's not that natural, right? It's not that yeah. it's not as easy. Design isn't, isn't as clear cut and logical as that. So I think having, having a style guide, I think the more important, I think the value you get, out of a good style guide out of a good design system
0: is from the communication side. No, that's really interesting. That'd be my take. Yeah. I like that a lot. And we talked about this a little bit, um, a couple episodes back, Patrick, and I think it was episode 66, how to scale end to end user experience. And we talked about how, um, the way to do this of course is through good communication, right? One of the ways Mm -hmm. to do this is that, and, um, if you if you want your experience to be able to scale well, um, you do have to be able to communicate it. And just having a UI kit, like what you were saying, if we just had a UI kit, like here's just a bunch of images of, here's what a button looks like, here's what a, these icons look like, um, that's not going to scale super well. Um, yeah. But if we're if design is in charge of communicating how this does scale, um, communicating what this does, um, I think it will actually um, be able to scale. Right. <laughs> so. Um, I think that's a really good point. I think I definitely agree with you. So um, yeah, you're saying the value comes in that communication piece. So I think, I think that's absolutely great. And I think it's got to be really challenging to do, um, to be able to communicate in, in all of the different scenarios you can think of, here's how you would use this, this element or this component. Um, yeah. So I'm sure that's pretty <clears> challenging. Um, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, do you just kind of do your best and try to explain it and then as it comes up, just improve it along the way? Or like, how do you dealt with, um, different disciplines, understanding what, what they need to know about the the style guide,
1: man? I don't know. It's, I think it's style guides always been, the design system has always been hard anywhere I've been to work on. Right. And I'm not a systems designer by any means, you know, if we had a systems designer on board here, they could probably explain this a lot easier. Yeah. Um, I know I know one good example at least locally here was Progressive Leasing released their their kind of their design system earlier this year after a lot of work and a lot of effort and it was put together more on the this is how we communicate like it's more of a people style guide than it is a component style guide. And so I think I think they did a pretty good job of of figuring out okay what needs to be in this style guide practically. Like yes, we need the visual of it, but we also need its purpose, what it's used for, why and why not, what are the best practices behind it, Um, alternate choices. Like if this doesn't work, could you use this? Hmm. Um, As well as then all of the technical side to, to cross the discipline of like, to cross disciplines of like front end engineering and stuff like that, where it's like, this is how you would implement it as well. I think that's, I think that's a struggle that I think a component library does that really well. Like here's a button um here's the colors that you can select from here's the here's the variables you can use to make it look like you need to make it look like but there's no in a component library there's no it doesn't go beyond that it doesn't say we use buttons for ctas there should only be one button not one cta on a page that looks like this and blah 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 right so i think when you're just putting puzzle pieces together like you could wind up putting a puzzle piece together where the view has three, you know, bright green CTAs on, on the page mm-hmm. that are confusing to the user, right? Yeah. So I think I think that other piece is the hard part. That other piece is the other element that most component libraries are lacking, which is the why and the best practice behind it. And I think practically I think a lot of good systems do that. Progressive leasing does a good job. The one I've always really liked is Polaris does a fantastic job. Um shop of eyes Polaris mm-hmm. they do a fantastic job of really illustrating and documenting how things look, what are the variations of those technically, what kind of code can I copy and paste to build something like that, or how can I build it along with all of the reasons why you wouldn't put these combinations together right yeah um, <clears throat> and so I think they they do a really they do a really good job of of being a communication design system rather than just a component library and you can tell that right off the bat because the component library is one piece in that design system right Hmm. it's not the design system it's only one tab so um you know they go over all kinds they go everything from style to voice and tone to everything right the reasons why we do this best practices for everything um ironically i think the companies that don't do it well are the companies that build operating systems which probably need a more well-defined <laughs> vision, but uh, I, I, I think I think material is more of a component library in my mind, hmm. um, and I think I think Apple's HIG is more of, it's not a component library. It's almost the opposite of a component library, um, where it's just like here's all of our values and principles. Now, here's an example. Go build it, kind of thing. Yeah, so it's
0: like very. But healthy. I think yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think I think that's kind of, you know, to to Matt's point, I think I think they're both they both can be effective and be good and can work well. But I think at the end of the day if they're not actually communicating to everyone what's supposed to be being created or what's supposed to be happening or how to build things or even better yet how to make a good decision when I'm designing and building. Hmm. Then I think they're they're not effective, right? So I think either approach probably would work fine. Like Google Google's approach was let's build a component library that we can share. Yeah. And so they did that, and then they didn't. They don't address inconsistencies. They don't address that, those kinds of things. So when you're working with it, and you run into a situation where you have to make a decision, like should I use the the whatever dumb name they called snack bar to the toolbar, whatever, like these are both kind of the same stuff. Like, which one should I use? They don't address that. They don't address any of that. Um, so I, I don't know. But I, I think, I don't know. Kind of don't know where I was going with that.
0: <laughs> I mean, they're, they're interesting examples, right? Like both of those um, kind of going either way on 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 those two kind of on the cultures of a design system. So I think that's interesting to talk about. Awesome, yeah. So, definitely sounds like like our <laughs> our consensus is um, it probably needs to start on the product centric sort of thing, but you definitely need to have a really good um, people centric way to do it. So, a really good communication system versus just having like a design system or a component library. Because um, I, yeah, I, I do agree with you. Like, I think the fastest way that that's going to be broken is if. I just see a bunch of components. I'm going to take this and I don't know how to use it right. If I'm not a proactive designer and I want to like reach out to somebody to figure out how to use it, I might just use it um, and break it and use it my own way. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I break a component of the design system, and that's how it, it might yeah. morph in the wrong direction. Um, but on the other hand, if it's if I really easily understand how I'm supposed to use this, use this how, how we typically use this in an application, um, then I would be able to follow those guidelines well. Um, and so I, I think that's a, a really good consensus there on on this, this question. Hopefully we answered it for Matt.
1: Yeah, I hope so. It's both. <laughs> <laughs> Again, our answer is a cop-out. And it's both. But it's an important distinction, right? It's, it's, there's an important distinction to make there. You can could, you could create one or the other very specific or you can create a combination of the two Mm -hmm. but i think either way i think i think in any whatever you do that has it's it's a communication device yeah the purpose for it is to communicate something whether it's communicate here's a bunch of puzzle pieces to use or communicate this is how we build a product right Mm -hmm. and the reasons why in either case it's a communication device um and so it should it should it should be consumed that way and the goal of a design system is not for the design team either. The goal of the design system is for all disciplines who are involved in making decisions around the product. So it has to, it should communicate effectively.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even like when, when marketing is like, you know, building their website, they want to be able to see the components that are used in the application. Those could be similar mm-hmm. in some cases. So the website experience isn't so different um, to the actual pr- in product experience. Um, and also, um, developers definitely want to know <laughs> where these, um, how these things are being used, where they're being used, and why, um, so that they can use them as well um, when they're actually going to build those components, versus just looking at an image, right, of a design that 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 their UX designer is sharing with them. They actually need to know the specifics on how this is built. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Well, and like even on PMs, any anybody around in a product, right? Like a product manager, too. Another example would be a PM is writing an error message. You know. Mm-hmm. to put in the application, you know, the developer asks them like, what, what is this error message supposed to say? And they're like, I don't know. You know, let's, let's say, Oh snap bro. It broke. Let's say that. <laughs> that sounds cool, but that might not be the voice and tone of the product, you know? Yeah. And so that design system should specify that and they should know where to find that. Right. So they're not having to, to reach out, whether they, whether that means they, they reach out to a systems design team, to tell them those questions, you know, maybe you've got a whole team that's, that's your design system mm-hmm. of people or whether that's a document or whether that's, you know, a pamphlet or whether that's a website, like you have to have something that's going to communicate to them those, those reasons why. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Which is the design system.
0: Yeah. Do it, Patrick. <laughs> I've, I've, we gotta build ours. It's,
1: it's a nightmare. We gotta build ours.
0: I've never worked on one. Um, they they seem very very complex, like really hard projects to to tackle. So, um,
1: well, especially on an
0: existing product. Yeah, like doing it. It's an much audit. easier to do
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. It's much easier to do it, especially on an existing product that's never had a style guide before. <laughs> yeah everybody just did whatever they wanted to that that's even more difficult (laughs) (laughs) cool it's a good topic yeah yeah thanks matt thank you
0: matt for sending this in
1: thanks mr bourne um we need we need more topics right andy
0: patrick we're running low we're running low the tank is is running almost on empty on on topics so yeah if you have a topic send it in Send it it to us. Um, Send it to us on any of the socials, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, all that stuff. Right, Patrick?
1: Yeah, email it. Email Email it. it. Topics at designmuch.org. Yep. Or you can go to our website, designmuch.org, and go to contact, right? And you can fill in that thing. Give us a topic that way.
0: Yeah, just... Contact us. You get to decide what we're going to talk about, so... Whatever yep. it is, we have to do it. Right, Patrick?
1: <laughs> there's no, there's, yeah, there's no, uh, we, yeah, we don't, we don't screen these things. We just, we just do them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. See you, Andy.
0: All right, Patrick. See you later.
1: Have fun. Bye. You want to know the best way to support the podcast? And I know you do because you made it to the end of this episode. That is share it, share it with a coworker, share it with a family member, share it with a friend, share it with whoever you want to share it with a construction worker, share it with somebody. It doesn't matter. Just share it. Um, a couple more ways to support the podcast though, go buy a t-shirt over at designmunch.threadless.com and then wear it with pride. And then lastly, to support the podcast, we need your topics. Use hashtag DesignMuchTopics on social media or shoot us an email at topics at designmuch.org or just go to designmuchorg contact and fill out the form.